0: Hello, and welcome back to the Character Arc Podcast. It's been a hot minute since uh, I posted the last episode. About two months, actually. The first of those were spent back in the U.S. for kind of my yearly trip to the States to see family and friends, which was fantastic. Uh, I also used that time to propose to my girlfriend, so we are now engaged, and a lot of our family members got to meet each other, which was great. And now I'm back in Lisbon and able to produce podcasts more regularly, so stay tuned. Since the last episode, though, I haven't just been sitting around. Uh, I've actually had several interviews with uh, other really interesting folks on their podcasts. So uh, I did one on the Suit Soldier podcast, which uh, has the mission of helping military folks who are transitioning to civilian life uh, you know, successfully find jobs and careers and get some direction around that process. And I also was on the Liberation Mentor podcast where we had a really interesting conversation about uh, money and fiction and all sorts of other interesting things. If you'd like to stay up to date on those appearances, which are not just interviews of me about what I'm doing, but also chances to explore more of the ideas I explore in this podcast and others related to personal development and mindset, and goal setting, and a host of other topics. Then you can head over to Facebook and like the Character Arc's page, and then you'll get all the updates since I I post everything there. The Character Arc newsletter has also been fairly active lately. I've been doing a lot more sharing there with uh, short versions of some of the blog posts I make, and movie recommendations, and the same updates that I share on the Facebook page. So you can go to thecharacterarc.com, and subscribe to the newsletter if you're interested in that. Okay, so on to the topic for today. This is something I've been thinking about for a while and finally got a chance to do some writing about, which gave me a chance to organize my thoughts around the idea and hopefully put it into you know a coherent, logical format for this episode. So the topic is faith, which should be fairly triggering for <laughs> many of you who are staunch atheists like I've been my entire life and bridle at the sound of any religious-sounding terminology. But I'm using it because it's the only word to describe this phenomenon that plays a very active role in not just some people's lives, but everyone's life. And of course, as always, this has everything to do with fiction and stories and mythologies, so that's how we'll approach it. I guess the first thing that's important is to See if you've noticed the leap of faith trope in movies. I'm sure you've heard the expression before, but you may also have noticed it in lots of the stories and movies that you've watched or read or paid attention to. So the leap of faith trope, right, is like when a character has to go out on a limb and face possible failure in order to succeed. So, and that is whatever success means to them. So here's the scenario, right? As seen in, you know, recent movies like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where There's literally a line in the movie where a character tells another character you have to take a leap of faith. And you also see it in older movies like uh, Vision Quest, which I actually just watched for the first time recently. That's a 1985 wrestling romance drama comedy that you all should watch with 80s icon Matthew Modine that also has that leap of faith trope featuring prominently in it. Anyway, I'm sure you have your own examples you could add, but The trope plays out like this. In The Young Hero's Darkest Hour, The Wise Old Man, or An Unlikely Ally, always tells them that the only way forward is to take a leap of faith. To risk annihilation and step into the unknown. Seriously, if you start paying attention to movies, you're going to see this everywhere. There's always some character who tells a bumbling young hero, you're never going to figure it out, you just got to jump, you just got to go do it. And the characters usually listen, unless it's a tragedy, And then you get some exciting scene. So here's something weird about that, though. If you think about it rationally, it actually seems like terrible advice. You know, throw yourself on the mercy of the cold and indifferent universe, right? Cast aside your reasonable doubt and step off a precipice in the vague hopes that something will catch you. Yeah, how about no? How about stay where it's safe and don't stick your neck out? That seems like much more prudent advice but it doesn't matter that you know our rational minds balk at the leap of faith message some part of us the part that you know tears up when we watch scenes of that kind and the part that feels inspired when the character actually does it some part of us right knows it's the correct answer to the problem of uncertainty okay so what does that part of us know that we don't faith isn't a subject we talk about these days because of its religious overtones as i mentioned But the concept actually underlies all the progress we make in life. And there's nothing really explicitly religious about it. Well, aside from the fact that it comes from that part of us that thinks religiously, that thinks magically, that thinks mythologically. What I mean is it doesn't have anything to do with organized religion or even religious stories the way we think about those. So here's a definition of faith that might help make sense of it to a secular audience. Faith is what allows us to move past fear towards what we admire. So I'm gonna spend some time breaking that down a bit so it makes sense because I think that is the accurate definition of it. Now that definition actually shows us that it has something in common with hope and inspiration also. Maybe also confidence, but we'll get to that a little later. But faith is different from all of those. So hope, for instance, is connected to faith, but it's an emotion rather than a belief. It exists as a glimmer in the darkness, right? That's why it sits at the bottom of Pandora's box when everything else is gone. Inspiration is also connected to faith, but it's also an emotion. And it's one that directs us toward our values. Actually, check out episode two of this podcast titled The Mythological Crisis for a deeper explanation of that idea. But beneath hope and inspiration lies a belief, right? Of course it does. Otherwise, where would the emotions come from? Emotions come from beliefs. We feel angry when we believe we've been wronged. We feel sad when we believe someone or something to be lost. We feel fear when we believe we're in danger. And so it is with hope, which we only feel when we have faith. By contrast, when we're uninspired, you know, when we're hopeless, it's because we've lost faith. That's even the expression, to lose faith in yourself, to lose faith in the world. But what is it we have faith in when we have it? That's a really interesting question. If you think of anything you want in your life, it's associated with some underlying value, right? If you want to be seen as generous, it's because you value generosity. If you want to speak your mind, it's because you value boldness or honesty or truthfulness. If you want to persevere in the face of challenges, it's because you value determination or perseverance. If you want to genuinely share yourself with other people, it's because you value connection or communication or love. None of this is particularly controversial. But there's a problem. Whenever we want to move in the direction of those values, something holds us back. And it's always the same thing. It's always fear. So we fear that if we're generous, we'll be taken advantage of or damage our own ability to sustain ourselves. We fear that if we're bold and speak our minds, we'll be laughed at or attacked. We fear that if we confront challenges with determination, that we may still fail and all our efforts will be for nothing. We fear that if we open our hearts and share with others, we'll be hurt. Fear is ever-present, as we all know. It's the thing that holds us back from moving in the direction of our deepest values. And it's no surprise that it does. The scary truth behind all those fears is that they might be valid. So, you know, overcoming fear is no guarantee of success, right? So what's surprising is not that we have fears in the first place. It's that any of us ever have moved past them at all. But we all have. Everyone has, at some point in their lives, confronted something that they were afraid of and grown stronger in the process. You know, anyone who's ever made it through the first day at a new school, anyone who's ever talked to a stranger, anyone who's ever learned anything difficult, anyone who's ever done anything that made them proud of themselves, even you know, only in some small way. Everyone's confronted fear. You know, as babies, all we do is confront fear hopefully with the support of some caretakers, but you know, no currently walking human didn't confront the terror of taking their first steps. So what was it that let us do that? Well, to some degree, it was the hope that on the other side of the fear would lie something of value. That hope, you know, that unreasonable belief that maybe, just maybe, by pushing through fear towards something we care about, we might find something worth the effort, is the essence of faith. So I'll say it again. Faith is what allows us to move past fear towards our values. So for the baby, maybe that faith is only in the parent or the caretaker who they think will be there to catch them. And, you know, for the rest of us, maybe that faith is in our family more broadly who we hope will be there to catch us if we fail at whatever we set out to try to do. For others, maybe it's faith in society or faith in mankind or, you know, faith in oneself. Actually, we all have a combination of many of those. And we know that because we act it out all the time. We have faith that the social contract will keep our neighbors from eating us alive, right? Which is not that far-fetched, historically speaking. So using that definition of faith reveals something, I think. And it's something that makes our reaction to those movie scenes make more sense. It explains how we know something that we don't know we know. The secret is that we've been operating on faith our entire lives. You know, the first time a guy builds up the courage to ask a girl out, he's acting on faith. You know, faith that maybe, despite how worthless he is, just maybe she'll say yes. And she's operating on faith when she does say yes, if she does say yes. Faith that, you know, maybe this one won't be as terrible as all the others. Neither have any rational reason to believe those things, but sometimes they do anyway. And, you know, I think we, on some level, instinctually understand that some things that we do are not reasonable. (laughs) Like, this is one that I've always been surprised by, even as I do it. I'm constantly astounded that people will get into cars and drive on highways, It's utterly insane. Like, you don't know any of the other people on the road, and you somehow trust that none of them is, you know, crazy enough or having a bad enough day that they're going to veer their, you know, 2,000-plus-pound vehicle into oncoming traffic. And even if they aren't crazy or having a bad day, you're just assuming that they're capable of operating this insanely heavy machine at these insane speeds that we're not necessarily evolved to handle. It's always seemed like a bad idea to me. And honestly, looking at statistics around... Traffic accidents, I'm not wrong. But, you know, still, the odds are pretty low, right? But they aren't zero, and that's the point. They're not even close to zero. So, sure, you've got some self-confidence, born of past successes, right? But to some degree, you're also being optimistic, which means you're not really making a rational decision when you go drive. And your optimism is an expression of hope, basically, which is an expression of faith, Honestly, the most purely rational people are probably the ones who, you know, move to the hills and stockpile guns. Like, that seems rational. Like, the world is dangerous. People are crazy. We need to make sure we are safe from them. There's nothing more rational than that. So, you know, I talked about hope and inspiration before, and their relationship to faith. Confidence seems somewhat related as well, right? But confidence isn't the same as faith either. So in each of the examples I gave earlier, Along with confidence, there's still something unreasonable at work. Because confidence is not assurance. So, you know, babies do fall. And people almost always get rejected for jobs when they apply. And, like I said earlier, horrific car crashes happen all the time. But that doesn't stop us. So what is it that keeps your absolute certainty that things can go horribly wrong on the road, regardless of how skilled you are as a driver, from impeding your ability to get into a car without having a panic attack? I don't think there's any way to answer that question except to recognize that there is an implicit article of faith at work. And again, that doesn't have any religious overtones in this context. Misplaced confidence functions exactly the same as faith. But then, okay, knowing that, why do we respond positively to the wise old man imploring us to take a leap of faith? Or, you know, Maybe not us, but the character in the movie. Why does that resonate with us? Especially if we know, right, that faith is just a delusion born of us having no instinct for statistics. Why do we respond that way? Like I said before, we should be telling that old man to shove off given all we know. Okay, so we're operating on irrational faith. The question remains, what is the faith in? What is it you believe when you act on faith, which you do? Well, to some degree... It's simply the value that you believe in, right? The thing that underlies the hope and the inspiration. So we believe in generosity. We believe in determination. We believe in love. And the way we act, at least, implies that we believe those things to be transcendent. There's another trigger word. (laughs) But that one just means, you know, it's beyond our ability to reason or understand, but it's manifestly true. There's another reason we know that the wise old man's advice is good advice. And that's because we've all been there before. We've all been at that moment when everything seemed hopeless and the only thing that got us through was the irrational faith that things might become better. And hopefully for most of us, they did. And I don't mean that just individually, right? As a species, we've been stumbling forward on the faith that things could be better than they are for centuries, millennia really. And despite the fact that they've often become worse, overall, the trajectory has been upward. You know, we made it out of the food chain, that's a big deal. We've you know, eradicated diseases that meant certain death for even recent ancestors. We're, we're richer, healthier, fatter than any other time in history. You know Our faith has been rewarded. And that's the macrocosm, but in the microcosm as well. We've faced into fears and come out the other side better for it. We've done it so many times, we don't even remember it. But it's a pattern that we've all acted out. Okay, and by the way, this isn't at all an exhortation to adopt blind faith as your maximum life. None of the examples I used were about blind faith. You know, the baby has pretty good reason to believe their caretaker will catch them. When you apply for a job, you, know, you obviously have done something to make you feel qualified enough to stand a chance. And you've driven enough times without catastrophic disaster that you probably feel pretty confident in your ability to handle what happens on the road. And so there's no way to get there from first principles. There's no way to think yourself into the answer to this faith problem. Which is one of the reasons why it fits into that mythological, magical category. It's one of those things that we've only learned to have by acting it out. And by seeing it in our own lives, we gain confidence in it. And that confidence builds on the faith. And that pattern's emerged for us. Think about the baby example, right? What's the value there? Well, maybe at that stage, the value is just imitation, right? I mean, honestly, it's probably that even for us adults. But there are things that we're driven to imitate. Driven beyond our ability to figure out. And when we confront fear you know, with faith in the service of what we value, we're almost always rewarded. Because you know, even if we fail, what we see is our integrity strengthened, and we see other results that we never would have seen if we hadn't taken that leap of faith. It's what makes things look worthwhile in retrospect. So Rocky you know, loses at the end of the first Rocky movie, y'all. Why does it still feel so triumphant? Well, it's because his faith in himself is rewarded. It's because even though he loses, he doesn't lose faith. And it's rewarded, even if only in the recognition of his efforts by those he loved. So by taking that leap of faith, right, what he wins isn't what he thought he wanted to win. But it doesn't matter. It's still a win. Because it turns out, you know, we don't know what we want at all. This is kind of a tangent, but I was talking to a friend of mine about love recently. And one of the things that I, I think I've realized about love, you know, in our modern society, people are always talking about The things they want in a partner you know like they're always looking on tinder for you know the perfect match right and they filter by age and by sex and by race and by height and they have all these like very strong ideas about what it is they want and then what they end up with is almost never that thing the thing that actually makes them satisfied people who do find true love you know or some approximation of it it's almost never like the exact thing that they thought they wanted and oftentimes when people do find the thing that they thought they wanted and then they have it, it turns out not to be what they wanted, right? We all know people like that. So what does that mean, in part? Well, in part, it means we have no fucking idea what we want. So the idea that we think, you know, that love is something that we understand so deeply that we can just check enough boxes and bring it into reality is super ridiculous. So, you know, even if you still think that you do know what you want and, like, you know, you can pick out the perfect mate, you know, with your genius and keen eye, you can extract out the perfect traits that will make you complete as a person. Even if you still believe that, um, which is nonsense, maybe you'll still be open to the possibility that you don't know what you need. You don't know the person who's going to do for you what you need to be done to you in order for you to become who you need to become. And, you know, you shouldn't fault yourself for that. No one can know that. That's, how, would you, how would you know that? But thinking you know it will lead you down wrong paths. Or at least to a lot of dead ends. And, you know, I think that's why our dating culture is so jacked up at the moment. So (laughs) that's an aside. Point is, we don't know what it is we want. And when we get what we think we want, it's almost never what we actually want. That's the story of Rocky. That's what I just described. It also is the story of almost every story you watch. There's a hero journeying towards what he thinks he wants and then realizing that what he actually wanted or actually needed was something entirely different. That's every story you see. But in all those cases, the thing that gets them there, you know, to the realization of what it is that they actually need, it's always a leap of faith. And it's not just a movie trope. This is the way faith works in the real world. You know, think, think of any success story you've ever heard. Real success story. Like uh, the scrappy entrepreneur who spent years failing before finding success. Or uh, the part-time writer who endures hundreds of rejections before publishing their first novel, right? or the adventurer who left stability to do something incredible. What do they all have in common? It's an unreasonableness that was a prerequisite for their success. It was a pattern of consistently confronting hopelessness with renewed vigor. The word for what drove those people, and for what drives all of us when we're truly driven, is faith. So how is it that you build faith, right, would be the the last question to ask. Because if you buy the proposition that you're already acting on faith, then it might seem somewhat important to you to figure out how to reinforce it because when you lose it obviously bad things happen well i am firmly of the belief that you know knowing is half the battle and that when you're able to understand the mechanisms that are at work in your life that they start to become clear to you and you start being able to act on them intentionally but you know that's fairly abstract one of the things i think is the easiest way to instantiate in yourself a sense of faith is to learn something or to do something hard. And I say that because by doing that, you literally are showing yourself that you have the potential to achieve what you set out to do, as long as you stick with it. I think exercise is probably the best example because it has the shortest time for you to start seeing benefits, right? And what is it when you see benefits from working out, right? It's, you had a proposition that was, if I do this, this many times, I will improve, right? That's faith right there. And if you actually act it out, it just takes two weeks for you to start seeing results from it, right? So be those results in the speed at which you can run or the distance or how you feel after you do your exercise, whatever it is, you get to see the results of what you decided to act out very quickly. And I really think that that builds, you know, the type of faith that we've been talking about. It just makes you believe in it more. Because that's really the thing. You're already acting on it. But you have to believe in it. Because if you believe in it, then you can use it. Because then you can say, oh, I'm going to try something even harder. Because I have the faith that I can rise to the challenge. And like those examples I just mentioned show, the more unreasonable you are, the more, the more likelihood you have of actually achieving those goals. And, you know, the converse is true as well. If you never shoot for the moon, if you never do anything unreasonable, if you never try to push yourself outside your comfort zone or beyond your capacity, you'll never give your faith a chance to be rewarded. And then it weakens. So go do something. That's my advice. Okay, so that's all I have to say about that. Next up would normally be our story segment, but this week I'm going to do something a little bit different. And next episode we'll probably go back to the stories. But this week, I wanted to share with you guys a poem that I wrote earlier in the week. And it's pretty short and sweet, but addresses some really important ideas that I think are worth spreading. So I'll read that to you here now. The title is Get Your Story Straight, a poem about Malaise. When did you lose sight of who it is you want to be? Why do you rush home from work to drink and watch TV? Why are you sprinting towards the opposite of gain? Why are you so damn attached to things that cause you pain? Why are you still standing still when you're desperate to move? And what is it that keeps you from attempting to improve? How is it that you can act without your own consent? If you don't know, then you can't slow the speed of your descent. Your story about who you are or who you want to be is what tells you what and why. It is what sets you free. Without a story, life is just a meaningless affair that causes pain even if you pretend that you don't care. The lovely thing about your fate is that it's still yours to create if you don't wait till it's too late to get your story straight. That's all for this episode, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. Catch you next time on the Character Arc Podcast.